Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who is holy, from Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. So, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus is now concluding the previous letter and is now moved on to the church of Philadelphia. And he gives them the first description of himself in verse 7, which I shall read. And says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, and he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. And so there in chapter 7, or verse 7, is three beautiful descriptions of the man Jesus. But we're going to start with the first one, that Jesus is holy. And so, Brother Daniel, this is a a massive um, description of Jesus, but one of the things that sticks out to me first is that uh, he is holy as his Father is holy, but we're talking not just about God being holy, but God in flesh being holy, that Jesus in the human body carries the holiness of the living God, and that fascinates my heart to a great extent. So, But Brother Daniel, just share with us. You've been talking to me behind the scenes of our podcast of how this is a, a one that you really love. Well, obviously, um, because of all the aspect of the divinity of Jesus Christ, his self-proclamation that, that he's the Holy One, that he's holy, is probably the one that is uh, most compelling or most uh, fascinating to me personally. Because uh, in a lot of time when we come to Jesus, we try to imagine and we try to know him through his humanity because that is the only reference point we have so far through his first coming and his incarnation through the Virgin Mary. But when he proclaimed himself, even though proclaimed himself as holy, even though he's he has a bodily form that seems to uh, cause him to appear as a human, then we have to reflect and think about him far deeper than what he appeared, according to Isaiah 53, where the scripture says he has no comeliness that, that would attract us. In other words, his outward appearance is not so spectacular when he was on the earth to the point that we will be attracted by him because of his outward appearance. But at the same time, the inward nature of Jesus and the fullness of the Spirit He carries validate and confirm that He is the Holy One of Israel. And He is the one that is from the very, very beginning, with no beginning and no end. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. Nothing was made that was made apart from being made through Him. And so, uh, as we study the holiness of Jesus, we must first of all understand that He and the Father is one. And when He said that, you remember the, the, the Jewish people were trying to crucify Him or stone Him at, in the earlier stage. They were trying different means to put Him to death because they thought He blasphemed because he uh, claimed that he's one with the Father, one with the, the monotheistic Holy One of Israel. And he truly is. So, so in order to understand the, the, the uh, holiness of Jesus, 
we must also understand the holiness of the Father because they are one. So to reflect on that, we, we uh, need to meditate not only on the manifest glory of God when He showed Himself through His name to various people at various generations, but also to meditate on the beauty around the throne room, especially when the seraphim uh, flies around the throne room with many, many postures of worship. The seraphim of eyes. And that tells us that the eyes are an organ, a special organ to receive light. And this is not just any eyes. They are eyes that can receive the glory of God forever and ever. So holiness of God is connected to the beauty, His beauty, His majesty. And the beauty and majesty is an intrinsic nature of God. So even though while Jesus Himself appeared to not have some outward appearance of attractiveness, that's just because He restrained Himself. But on the Mount Transfiguration, when He just lose part of the restraint and manifest himself, everyone saw the glory, the beauty of his holiness. Moses and Elijah will appear to testify about who he is. So as we come to Jesus as the Holy One, we have to understand that all that he prescribed, his teaching, his love, his relationship, they are holy. And we cannot approach him uh, apart from approaching him through that prescription of holiness that He has laid out for us. And obviously, because He shed His royal blood for us, and His holy royal blood is able to cleanse us uh, from all our sin and allow us to have an open and living way to be with Him and to be with the Father through Him. So Blair, I just want to uh, encourage you and the audience, as we uh, journey along in our Christian life, the holiness of Jesus is one of the most important aspects. It's actually the safeguard to prevent us from inventing our own Jesus. Because many times, in various generations, we have people who basically turn Jesus into their own imaginary Jesus, the Jesus they want Him to be. But He's holy. He's, he is set apart. He is not like anyone that we imagine him to be. Just like God is holy and there's only one God, we cannot put graven images of all kinds of beasts to represent his image. So Jesus is holy. And we must come to Jesus to relate to him on his term as he is. Well, Brother Daniel, it uh, intrigues me that holy is the word that is used to worship the Father in the very throne room of the living God. We see that so clearly in uh, Revelation chapter 4 with the four living creatures, that that's their song, holy, holy, holy. But we also see in Isaiah 6, holy, holy, holy from the seraphim. And though it's interesting that those songs end differently, uh, in those two chapters, they begin the same. And so the worship and the adoration of the Lord being holy, of Him being different and unique, uh, so uh, yeah, different is the one of the best words of different than anything else and anyone else on the earth. And so in Jesus self-ascribing that to himself, that I, I am holy. And he's uh, talking to the church of Philadelphia, which is a church that has done well. And um, one of the churches he does not uh, rebuke for something. And so he's uh, giving them this name that I am holy as an encouragement. And I, I'm so thankful for that. Well said, Blair. I would say that uh, 
you know, um, the Church of Philadelphia being the Church of Brotherly Love, the context is very important because that's the only church of all the seven churches that he does not have any explicit rebuke against them. It is the Church of the Brotherly Love. And he's reminding us when he revealed himself as the Holy One that his love is holy. It is not just any love that we made it up to be. It is not the love of our imagination. Sometimes there's a thin line between love and lust, and we don't even know the difference. We just think that all kinds of things that we like is called love, and but love is holy, and love is God is love, and love is a, an attributes of God. It, it, it emanates out of His holiness. The beauty of His holiness is clean, and so we have this. Reality when Jesus manifests himself as the Holy One. He touches everything that he touches is holy. Now, because he's holy, we are also holy because we're called to be his covenant bride, set apart for him and him alone. And because he's holy and we are holy, we're set apart in him, for him, so that he can work in and through us. So all the works of our hand, the thoughts of our mind, the meditation of our hearts, the walks of our life, they are to be set apart for God. There's, you know, there's, some people say the, the Sunday Christians or even the, the Christmas and the Easter Christians and the rest of the time we do whatever we want. You know, I, there's plenty of those around. There are plenty of people who just decided to live our life our own way and just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus and Christianity here and there. But, you know, Christianity doesn't work when we pick and choose the part we like and reject a large part of what the Word of God says and who Jesus is. You know, we cannot be the judge of how Jesus should be. He is the Holy One. We must come under His Lordship and be yoked with Him as the Holy One then we can enjoy and understand and receive the full benefit of this unbroken union and communion with God. I just want to encourage you that Jesus really delights in our presence. He wants us to be yoked with Him in this holy covenant, this holy relationship, so that every single aspect of our life is, is touched and is affected by His holy presence. So let me just pray with our audience and our brothers and sisters who are joining us today that this aspect of holiness is not something to be dread. Some people think that holiness is about a set of rules and legalistic reality that, that restrain us and prevent us from enjoying our life to the fullness. No, there are boundaries and the boundaries are important just like there's atmospheric boundary. There are land and ocean boundary that allow us to live within a large confine of space and enjoy the fullness of time. But at the same time, those boundaries are meant for us to understand that there is a core reality that will keep our relationship focused with the Lord. And trespassing those boundaries actually affect our relationship with Jesus, whom we love. And Jesus will always lovingly in His holy presence, in His holiness, to draw us back so that we're in sync with Him in His holiness. So, Lord, we ask You in the name of Jesus, help me delight in the fear of the Lord. 
Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And help me not only delight in the fear of the Lord, help me enjoy and at the same time tremble at the beauty of your holiness. Father, I have yet to truly be fascinated by your holiness because I have yet to really understand the beauty that emanates from your holiness. But if my whole life is gripped by that, then I know, God, that I will ascribe like the seraphim and the angels and the ten thousand upon ten thousands of saints, Lord, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And I pray that the holy holiness of God will sustain me day by day. And I will not be afraid of anything. I'll be courageous. Help me to be courageous, to carry the holy presence into the culture, into my family, and even to allow it to govern my life on a daily basis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy.